0: To the skeptic wire.
1: Which means I will say hello. Hello. Wait for the last bit of the fade out. Very nice. It is episode 62, on the 13th of June of 2012, of the Skeptic Wire. You can just take that part and put it back together any way you like. Skeptic Wire, episode 62, on the 13th of June, 2012. Yes. Yes. I concur. I am your host, Gary Long, and with me this week are Donna Swafford. Hello, hello, hello. And Greg Perrine. Hi. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, how was your
2: week?s Is yeah okay. Huh? I, fun thing last Friday, I got up on stage with you, Gary, and we performed some songs without any rehearsal whatsoever.
1: Zero rehearsal. Yeah, it was it was quite exciting. We played a couple of your songs, which sound pretty good with guitar and mandolin. Yeah, and uh, we performed some of mine and and some covers. My buddy Andre got up there and led us through the third set. <laughs> which is more <laughs> and comedy. Ensued. Exactly. More comedy than than music, I think. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So thank you for, for joining us. And thanks for everybody for coming out. All of you who were there.
3: Yeah, and I wasn't there.
1: No, you were busy recovering from
3: Seeing Prometheus.
1: Prometheus, which we'll get to in a moment. But before we do that, besides Prometheus being born. Friday. Uh, what do you got?
2: We're moving very slowly today to the podcast.
1: In honor of Mr. Rogers.
3: That is a great viral video.
1: Yeah. Uh, the guy who does Melody Sheep. Oh, okay. It does a symphony, or Melody Sheep who does Symphony of Science. Did one of. I uh, did did a, a thing Brothers. for PBS about okay. Mr. Rogers, yeah, starring Mr. Rogers. Yes, it is kind of creepy.
3: It <laughs> is a little creepy, but it's
1: it's still good. Yeah, yeah, but it's just because sometimes, he, out of context, the, the way he, his face and, and the way he presents it is just weird. <laughs> I mean, you just take clips.
2: Okay, okay. Birthdays. Yes, <laughs> born June thirteenth, eighteen eighty four, Gerald Brosue Gardner. Okay, he, was he a gardener? He was, he was named gardener, but he wasn't a well. He managed some rubber plantations in his twenties and thirties. So he was kind of. He grew condoms, or
1: <laughs> if you're overseas, erasers.
2: Yes. Well, he was born. I prefer
3: the term prophylactic.
2: He was born into a middle-class family who um, they're... Their way, uh, their, their company, the, the family company was an importer of hardwood. It's not getting any better. Nope. <laughs> um, and uh, Joe Gardner was, um, he had asthma from a young age, so he spent a lot of his early years um, abroad in places like uh, Cilion and Borneo. Um, what did I hardwood, do? Hardwood,
1: broad, you know. Donna, what did I do? Broad. <laughs> Abroad, okay. You're just not paying attention. No, not at all. <laughs> I stopped paying to you Damn attention. Damn it, I'm going to get through this birthday thing, whether it
2: kills me
0: <laughs> or it kills you or not.
2: <laughs> I stopped paying attention to you guys about six months ago. Oh. Huh. Oh. you're like the rest of us. So, uh, having spent a lot of his early years not in England where he was born, um, I'm trying not to say sexy words by accident, Um, he... Ah, you said axe. Alright, he was exposed to a lot of different cultures (laughs) that had a lot of different beliefs, spiritual or otherwise, about magic and stuff like that. Um, he also, in the occasional trip back to London, would find out that he was, um, that there were family rumors, that there were witches in the family, that ancestors or whatever had been. Um, long story short... Um, when he v- after his father died, he inherited a lot of money, so could retire. And he fell in with this acting troupe, who had what was it called? The Rosicrucian Order of Cretona Fellowship, which was kind of a pre-Wiccan type thing. Se- essentially, he started getting involved in these Wiccan groups, and he didn't like how they did it. So he started his own coven called the Brickett Wood Coven which, um, <laughs> <laughs> That's just okay, insane. just wait until the it, next sentence. The Brickett Wood Coven had their meetings at the Five Acres Nudist Club. Of which, course, and, I,
1: which, and they'd take bricks and they'd smash down their genitals. Yep. They, I was
3: just thinking, you know, you burn them at the stake. It's kind of an odd name for a coven, the Brick and Wood Coven, you know, just...
2: Yep, friggin' with oven, Kevin. Uh, he eventually was <laughs> elevated to the seventh degree of Ordo Templi Orientis, whatever the hell that means. And um, essentially I think you was... can do
3: that through the internet now. Yeah. It's just a couple of
2: clicks. <laughs> <laughs> he, couple was, of he was a big promoter of the the Wiccan belief that kind of had its resurgence in the early twentieth century. Um, and he was for for several years he was involved in the the Museum of Magic and Witchcraft in the Isle of Man, huh. and um, basically he's accredited with being someone who helped the helped popularize Wick, the Wicca religion again. Uh, he wrote a couple books about it. He had a lot of, his later years, he tried to do a lot of publicity, thinking that the more people knew about Wicca, the more involved they'd want to be. But he was not. He never had any formal education, having done a lot of traveling abroad. Yeah. But interestingly enough, even though he was a little bit of wacko, he... Um, he is a wicko-wacko. Yes, he was a wicko-wacko. <laughs> um, one of his pet theories was he believed that the reason why people believed in fairies in Europe is because there was a secret of pygmy race that lived alongside <laughs> our communities.
1: Hey, you know, uh, Occam's Razor. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> So what? despite all that crazy stuff, he also also was f- relatively accomplished when it came to amateur archaeology. he He wrote some papers on things like trade between the um, the places where he stayed as a child the the warmer climates of Malaya um, where they had beads that might have been Roman, so he wrote about trade between those those kind of East Indies areas and or not East Indies. West Indies. Something like that. You mean America? <laughs> no, the like what became French Indochina kind uh, of stuff. Okay. Um and and so he he did some kind of academic stuff, but he was also a complete nut or nut bag who was like, So
1: so he had he had uh, uh proclivities outside of the whole Wicca thing.
2: Yeah. He he I mean, he was one of those kind of proclivities not being the proper word there, but (laughs) Well yes, he was an avid nudist. That that nudist club he bought that. He owned that. That's why they had their meetings there. Oh, okay. Um, but he was you know, he was an amateur archaeologist, amateur writer, amateur weapons expert. Whenever like you read an article about how he's fascinated about a native culture, it was their spirituality and their weapons.
1: Well, I mean, if you're going to spread the word, it's always good to know what you're up against.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which apparently (laughs) the Catholics didn't learn for a while. No, I guess not. (laughs) And then they
2: just went in with guns a blazing. Yep. So Gerald uh, Brousseau Gardner was born today, June 13th in 1884. He died of a heart attack in 1964 when he was sailing back to England on a ship and was buried in Tunisia.
1: That was a lot of information.
2: That was, a lot, all, yeah.
3: A lot more than I think that we actually needed. Need
2: to know. No, not so much. So, okay, you just... Gerald Brousseau Gardner, born today, dined in 64. He was an occultist. <laughs> Someone else talk.
3: <laughs> well, speaking of amateur archaeologists...
2: <laughs> you
1: saw a movie full of them, didn't
2: you? Oh, hold on, hold on. Spoiler alert! Yep. <clears throat> if well, you haven't seen... Star Trek. I mean Prometheus. Um, um, what's the one with the blue people? Um, Avatar. Avatar. Smurfs. Yes. <laughs> Both. Gully. <Fern> the- <laughs> so yes, we're be talking
1: about Prometheus, which is the new fantastical science fiction thriller from the maker of Alien and Blade Runner.
3: Okay, I will give you guys the pluses right now.
1: The scenery is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Just like the big purple smurf guys were. You know. Um, Smurfs.
3: Honestly, I think that's where they spent a majority of their money. As was opposed in, to, say, a script? As opposed to a script or actual science or actual people who wanted to act in it because I don't think anybody really wanted to kind of act in it. Cause it
2: just... <laughs> so it's like George Lucas's prequels.
3: You know what? I actually liked *Phantom Menace* more than I like this movie.
1: Holy fuck balls! Okay. That's
3: But not a lot. A visually.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. But there's a, there's a specific reason.
3: <laughs> there's a lot of specific reasons. It is 90 minutes of intelligent design promotion.
2: Ah, I didn't okay. know that. So they don't they don't say that in the commercials. Right. They're well, that's where we're from, isn't it?
3: <laughs> They're searching for the engineers who engineered the human race. They find them. Here's the spoiler at the end. Guess what? She's not satisfied with the answer, so she's looking for the people who engineered the engineers.
2: So a lot of well, the first cause has to have a first cause, and the first cause of the first cause has to have a first right. cause, and turtles all the way down.
3: In yep. the very beginning, this this main archaeologist and I. Okay, so boring. I can't even remember her name. I but we know it. that
2: she's a strong female lead.
3: No, she's not.
2: <laughs> she's supposed to Okay, be. on the, on the spectrum from the the chick from Twilight and Ripley from the original <laughs> Alien movie, where on that spectrum wow. strong four. character-wise? Okay if, four. The chi-
0: <laughs> okay,
3: if the chick from Twilight is a one and a Ripley is a ten, she's a four. Charlize okay. Theron, who's a minor character in that, would probably be about a six or a seven. Okay. But apparently, Charlie's there and never learned how to like run sideways and gets crushed. Yeah. Because she can't run other well, than a, straight.
1: R- run in right angles to something that's coming towards you in a yeah. straight line.
0: Yeah.
2: Like so it, a
1: train, for example. You don't run along the train tracks, you step off the train tracks. Unless, of course, you're on a bridge.
2: So it's like that um, Austin Power scene where they're about to be hit by a steamroller that's <laughs> a stop. half a football field away. Yes. And, no! and Pretty much. Pretty okay. much, yeah.
3: Okay. Very beginning of the movie, they show her as a young kid, and there's a, a funeral procession not going Charlie
1: by. Not Charlie but
3: the uh, uh The character. Gesundheit. Yes, thank you. And there's a funeral going by, and she asks her father a question. I can't even really remember what the question was, but he basically says, well... Have you ever that... seen a grown man naked? No, that's not the question. <laughs> she asked something about their... their do you like their... films
1: about gladiators? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, I do, but that wasn't the question. <laughs> Um, So she asked her father a question, who's some sort of anthropologist in in Africa. And he says, well, that's what their gods tell them to do. And she said, well, why didn't we do that when my mother died? He says, because that's not what we that's not what I choose to believe. That right there. That's the whole premise of the exploration. So they've so fast forward 20 years it's later Pretty good answer though. Right, it is. But fast forward 20 years later, they've woken out of hyperspace. They're they're, they're
1: billions v- of miles away. away.
3: They're billions <laughs> of miles away. So, they're billions it, of miles away. Billions of miles away and they wake up out of this hypersleep and they're they're going on and they're having this, you know, big meeting before they go down to the planet. And one of the one of the guys asked basically like why did we come here? She's, she's all like, well, look, we've got all of this. You know, that." Should-
1: <laughs> I know. this this is actually uh, from some of the critiques I've read, because I I, I'm, I still haven't decided whether I'm going to go see it because I want to see it. But you after don't hearing about it, it, yeah, uh, is one of the critiques is no one seems to know why they're on this mission going far away from Earth.
3: Right. So. She says, you know, we, we found these hieroglyphs in, you know, Sumerian and Egyptian and, you know, South America and everything else. And all we of the found, world. We found, you know, we found where these hieroglyphs are pointing. So we came here and so they're all like... Okay, so basically we're chasing down a dream sort of thing. And she says, no, it's an invitation. And basically the guy says, well, how did you come to that answer? And she goes, it's what I choose to believe. At that (laughs) point, every single (laughs) scientist should have gone, fuck you and your choice to believe. Pay me my damn money. Well,
1: what's amazing is someone paid for this expedition based on that. Right.
3: (laughs) And there are just... So many things wrong here. So they've got the infected guy. So what do you do? Bring him in through the biggest portal of the ship. <laughs> Bring in the guy that's obviously infected. Yeah. Now, with that being said, Charlie Theron was trying to do the right thing where she said basically, no, he's not coming on my ship. No, 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 no. Well, that, well, he's... that's what
1: happened in the original Alien.
3: Right. It's... And she, well, no, Charlie's there and takes a flamethrower and just lights him up. I'm all like, good for you, good for you. But then,
1: for all the good it does.
3: He's still alive and they still bring him on board yeah. when she like basically turns her back. And I'm all like,
1: yeah, there's there's all kinds of things like when they uh, from when they, they, they go into the alien ship, they, and they say everything's clear, okay. that And it like, always they reminds they, me they what they what. Take off Do their the masks. The oh, okay. They take off
3: the helmet, and so the but he's you, the guy who ends up getting infected.
1: Yeah. Now, right, but it always reminds me of Galaxy Quest, where he's like, "Don't open the door. You don't know if we can breathe that. We can't breathe. Smells fine to me. You know, <laughs> I, that's like the perfect." Yeah. <laughs> the
3: thing about this movie is, is that it is formulaic. Oh,
0: that's Every single thing in
3: this because you sit there and go, okay. The smart ass guy who takes off his helmet is the guy who gets infected. The two guys that get left because there's a storm coming and so they're stuck in basically this cave. and,
1: and they get left behind. They
3: get left behind. Guess what? They die. Yeah. How,
1: how, how could you, you how could you leave someone behind? You, you have uh, detectors, you know you have a, you can talk to the main base. Like in the original Alien, once they go into the ship, they can't they can't yeah. hear each other. But in this version, apparently they can, right? And they can see everybody. Why can't? Why didn't they say, "Oh look, there's still two people there"? Hey, wait a minute, wait a tick, you left someone behind. This is not a professional uh, expedition, right? Well, nobody okay. knew and what they were doing they, on this expedition. And when they come upon so. the
3: aliens, what do they do? They start poking it. <laughs> really, <laughs> I'm all like, oh yeah, oh, and my personal favorite one. Shh. Numi Raposte's character ends up with stomach surgery. I'm not going to explain it. I will actually... But,
1: oh, She tells everything that's rem- what you're not going to tell she, she, us. She, has a, she gives herself a cesarean and something that's growing inside of her. Yes. Which PZ Myers should like.
3: But, <laughs> she has this cesarean section. First off, if you're going to put up a medical bay, all-in-one, you know, super high-speed, computerized... She should not have to tell it how to do a cesarean section. It should be, you know, kind of equal gendered. Because it's all like, first off, it's like, this is designed for men. <laughs> <laughs> so she basically has to talk her way around of getting a cesarean section.
2: Right. So um, the the computer programs of the future are based on 1950s morality. No, no. In this, in this particular case, apparently... No. Anatomy.
1: No, in this particular case, that medical bay that she goes into is made specifically for men because uh, there's a there's a secret passenger on board that apparently they don't know about who's very very old. And by the way, yes, the we, fuck,
2: uh,
3: it's the owner but, of Wayland. The, the,
2: the Wayland who makes this on who makes a medical bay on purpose to only. Ha- only deal with male... Well, I mean, it's all about cost, isn't it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. See, these are the looks that I started having in the movie. Okay. So, not only does she have the cesarean section, by miracle, I don't know what drugs they come up with in 70 years, because this is set in like 2094. She's like running around and everything else within minutes of major stomach surgery.
2: Well, she's probably got the same doctor that Jack Bauer had that after he died in like half the episodes, he was running around the next one as if nothing had ever happened. So,
3: yeah. so yeah, I mean, there's that. There's just so much that's wrong. The very end where she's all like, she's going to go off and look for the engineers of the engineers. She takes the one person that screwed them all over.
1: But <laughs> probably knows how to fly it.
3: Yes, but he has no arms and legs anymore.
1: That's okay. Just hook him up into the computer.
3: Yeah.
1: Is this the artificial yes. human? Yes. Yeah.
3: Which I will give. Uh, Michael Fassbender did a really good job being the creepy android. I'll, I'll give him that.
1: I saw a picture of of the group as they're walking through. He wears a spacesuit. Does he not?
0: Yeah, I know <laughs> that was one of those. The so
1: android wears a spacesuit <laughs> and a space suit in that yeah. helmet. Yep. Yeah. But and they know he's an android. It's not like it's Ash from the first. You know, the, it's not like he's trying to hide himself. They know he's an android. Well, I don't think he just fucking. Over, you know, I guess he could. He could put like a mask or something on you know, to protect him from elements or something. But.
3: And here's my other an question. upside
1: down
2: goldfish bowl. Yeah. Someone. So
3: they they make this thing about how the engineers had come I mean pre pre life to to
2: Earth. The and panspermia basi- kind of seeding yes. the life right. on and earth And he
3: basically gives himself up to create DNA here on Earth. Hence the whole, you know, everything shares the same DNA, blah blah blah, all of that jazz. <laughs> okay, fine. I
0: get that. But
3: They make it a point of saying that, you know, these these aliens have have spread out across the universe and everything else. And that they kind of imply that they never come out and say it, but they always imply that basically they came here the one time and then they were gone and they they never came back. So why are they in all the Fucking pictograms all over the fucking world because the pictogram has the little stars and then it's got the big human and the little <sighs> human sitting around him on all of the the hieroglyphs and everything else.
1: Well, I think I think it's probably what would happen in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where you know you get you always get some bad apples and they just come by and buzz the planet.
3: <laughs> okay, that that I can believe. I was just like, why? If they keep coming back, why don't we know about them? <laughs>
2: So what you're saying is Prometheus is not a particularly skeptical movie.
3: No, it's it's a giant ploy for intelligent design.
1: Okay then, or toys. I'll buy one. But
3: you know, like I said, I mean, the science is bad.
1: That's the worst part, yeah.
3: You know, I mean. Well, actually, no.
1: the, The science being bad isn't the worst part. The worst part, apparently, is that there's the the plot is bad, bad. that right. the
3: writing is bad the plot is bad
1: because being you know being a lover of Doctor Who and and Star Trek and Star Wars and all those we can overlook some of the science right <laughs> as
2: long as it's internally consistent yeah. and not stupid
1: right but the the problem that I think we all have with this is that that I have with it anyway is that it was promoted as being scientific not not as promoted as so scientific as say
3: Contagion,
1: uh, Contagion, or James Cameron's you know uh, Avatar, the Avatar, which you know he spent some ideas, some time thinking about what you know what they would all Except look for that like. that weird
2: floating island thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but he spent a lot of time thinking about the the different you know the the air, the and, ecology, yeah. and how it wor- worked yeah. all together. or, or Contact, or any you know, of those where they're all sciencey type movies, yeah. right? Whereas this was promoted as sort of sciencey, and it turns out to be really bad philosophy. Not that good at all.
3: Right. It's, it's basically, it's, it's bad philosophy, kind of wearing a scientific members-only jacket.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay. And the one great thing about okay. Alien and Aliens, because I admit I haven't seen the other ones. I've I really only seen the, the, the first two. They always had the big bad scare. Yeah. I waited the entire movie. There was no Big Bad Scare. It's kind of the reason you go to the Aliens movies, because everybody heard about the Alien just going... Right. Never happens.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard to top
2: those. But you, you can always come one. up with new ones. It just yeah. Sounds like they came up with an old trope of a movie. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see when the
1: DVDs come out on if there's a whole bunch of extra stuff on there, which may... Expand on, on the idea, but probably not. All right. I just,
3: <laughs> yeah. I, here's the thing I got to see it for free. I'm really glad that I didn't have to pay money for it.
1: Huh. Okay. Anyway, if you go see it, at least, at the very least, it's a very pretty film.
2: <laughs> yeah, wait it's until favorite. it's in the do- Dollar Movie Theater.
1: Yeah. I don't know. If you want to see it, then I mean, because it loses quality. So you might want to, I don't know. I can't tell you what to do. I'm probably well, I'm actually probably going to go see it cuz I'm that kind of guy. Well, you know, or I'm gonna say I'm gonna see it but I'll never actually see it. I'd rather see men in black.
3: Greg, speaking of searching for our parents. That was so natural.
1: <laughs> Are you my mommy? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh, okay. Gay people,
2: Greg. <laughs> Gay
1: people, Greg, go. <laughs> What's
2: the deal? (laughs) What's the deal with gay people? That was the oh, that was horrible. horrible. Granted, that's the first time I've ever attempted to do a Jerry Seinfeld, but oh my god, that was horrible. All right, I guess I'm the only pop culture person here. (laughs) Speak about popping culture. (laughs) Gay people. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Neither do I. I'm just rolling with it. Speak about rolling with it! (laughs) So, Donna just spent the last, I don't know, depends on how much Gary cuts out, 10 or 20 minutes complaining about the movie Prometheus. It's going to be like 30 seconds. (laughs) Prometheus hated it. Speaking of hated it... I almost had it. I almost had it. But you didn't. Speaking of butts! <laughs> <sighs> I swear I'm gay-friendly.
1: You couldn't you know. tell by the topics you choose.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Donna just spent a while talking about the movie Prometheus, which she mentioned how the whole plot centers around the idea of going to look for the founders, the creators of the human race, the parents, as it will.
1: Are you my daddy?
2: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> are you my mommy? It was a whole one big, mommy.
2: are you my mommy?
1: Are you my mommy? Episode
2: of Doctor Who. Are you my complete mommy? Complete with creepy masks and aliens. Well, speaking of creepy, we have a article that's coming up in the July issue of Social Science Research by Mark uh, Regenerus. I think that's how you pronounce his name. If it isn't, tough luck. He's an associate professor of sociology at UT Austin, and the name of the study is How Different Are the Children of Parents Who Have Same-Sex Relationships? So Mark Regenerus's point for this whole article is to do a larger study of the effects of same-sex parenting because his criticism of the existing research, which pretty much shows that there's No difference or positive effect of same-sex parenting, where they're not as like they're just they're not more likely to use drugs. If you can work out that double negative,
1: there's (laughs) they're less likely to use drugs. No,
2: no, equal or less. Okay, or equal or less. There's there's no statistical no statistical difference or a positive difference. Okay, or uh, there's no difference in high school graduation rates or attendances to college. Or even differences in whether or not the children are gay themselves. His main,
1: because cur- <laughs> that that's one of the the things that some of the anti-gay people always go on. But oh, they're making gay parents. No, you're either gay or not. Yes. You don't. You're not raised gay. Yeah.
2: Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I totally oh, agree. Rant. It's on topic, kind <laughs> of. But congratulations. Okay. I'll pat you on the head later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now, <laughs> so Regeneres' main criticism of those, all those studies over the last 20, 30 years have shown that there's no detriment to having same-sex parents. Most of them are what are called convenience samples, where you have some people you know who are gay or whatever. They ask you to participate in their study, and then you say, well, do you know anybody else who's a lesbian who'd be willing to be involved in the study. It's almost a self-selected sample.
1: Yeah, it's sort of a six degrees of uh, separation. Yeah,
2: so you get people who recommend the people <clears throat> who they know who are nice people. So, yeah, that's kind of, that is a an like, actual criticism it's a of...
3: Problematic.
2: It's it's problematic. It's a small problem with the field of research into same-sex issues in general and parenting. Well, what... Regenerus was able to do is get a large amount of funding from a couple of organizations that we can go into later to purchase a large study, a survey of American adults. So he was able to survey just under 3,000 American adults from ages 18 to 39, and he asked them primarily – the first question was, from when you were born until you were 18 – did either of your parents have a romantic relationship with someone of the same sex? Now, that's a problematic question of its own. Basically, he used that measure to determine, to put people into groups of, did they have a same-sex parent or not? But it wasn't that simple because he used statistical methods to kind of jury-rig the groups, because if you said your, your parent had any sort of same-sex relationship at all, it was considered same-sex parenting. Hmm. And that's one of the big first problems with the study. And, 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 okay, that's that's kind of, can be a, a good thing to say, all right, is there any same-sex atmosphere? But he lumps all the same-sex relationship parents, whether it was a brief affair or of a week and then they spend their entire life with the se- with the opposite sex couples or two parents who have been together for 40 years and plan to adopt a child they're all kind of lumped together hmm. whereas on the heterosexual side there were several different groups which is you know in, in biological families, which is married h- heterosexual, no divorce whatsoever, and then there are five other categories of divorced single parents, step families, or other, which is a big group yeah. I don't know what other really means, but it, it there are problems the right off the bat in how they selected what people were in what group and it's it's unfortunate because Regenerous does use a lot of Caveats in talking about his study. He knows that this is just a short-term study, not a longitudinal study. It's just correlation, not causation, and um, it it it's only dealing with parents who uh, children and parents who are eighteen to thirty-nine. So it's everybody born between about like 1970, 71 and ninety-four, the early nineties, hmm. before the idea of having two same-sex parents was really acceptable at all. So you have a lot of people coming from broken homes where they pretended to be straight. And it's the kind of thing where you're first reading through the articles about this and you say, well, it sounds like it might be okay science. But then you read more into it and you say, this just... You you don't want to have that knee-jerk reaction of, I support homosexuals and homosexual marriage to be equal to all other marriage. I don't want to like this. I don't want to accept this. You have to be careful on just having a knee-jerk reaction to say well, I'm not going to believe this because it doesn't match my views. Right. The same thing to be said with the fact that I was talking about earlier about how this was funded by...
3: He had some, some pretty... Good,
2: funny.
3: He had
2: yeah, close to $750,000? Uh, it was funded by the Witherspoon Institute, which is a conservative think tank, and the Bradley Foundation, to, yeah, just about um, $750,000. And that's what paid that's to cute. get that big number of people. Unfortunately, it paid for 3,000 people, and only 175 people answered that they had a mother in a same-sex relationship and only 73 out of 3000 said they had a male uh, father in a same-sex relationship that's a really tiny group you yeah. really had to conflate that group and at the same time
1: and those he, were and those were all based on anything any from from a single fling to exactly. a lifetime so you don't even know how how they were really affected
2: yeah it's it's a big problem in lumping these groups together and and he also apparently didn't even have that many lesbian mothers or gay fathers listed. So he had to go back and ask, well, can you get me more lesbian mothers and gay fathers? <laughs> Not randomly, he said, you have to just get more of these. He didn't ask for another 3,000 respondents so he could beef up that number hmm. to a couple hundred. He just said, give me more of these. So there's a lot of statistical issues with this that are kind of problematic, And unfortunately, you you look at these conservative groups that funded the study and you think, well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad study. But you also look at a lot of um,
3: other stuff that they've done. Yeah. The Witherspoon founded the Manhattan Declaration.
1: Yeah. And what was the Manhattan Declaration?
3: That was the one where it was a bunch of people who said, basically, we're going to come out and say that gay sex is wrong and, and... all it was was just this big, you know, we're all going to concur.
1: Ah. Right. That gay sex is wrong.
2: Specifically. Yeah, <laughs> Pretty much. Regenerous has written a lot, um, several op-eds about marriage being the most important formative institution and um, criticizing premarital sex in America as... Um, as just sexual economics between teens where, you know, the, the girl is just trying to get the guy to marry her and stuff like that. So there's a lot of preconceptions coming into the study. And I, I, a lot of the analyses that I've, I've read, including a really good one on um, BoxTurtleBulletin.com. I know it's a strange-sounding strange name of a website, but it's got a really good analysis. Where... There's a lot. There's a lot of his preconceived notions that come through, and it seems like he selected the data in order to show what he wanted to show.
1: But he, he basically showed that there's no difference between. So, isn't that no?
2: Weird? He showed he showed that because you have
1: you haven't talked about the okay. results yet.
2: All right, <laughs> sorry about that. What what he found was that he compared lesbian mothers to intact biological families. So lesbian mothers who might have been single parents, might have been a single fling, might have been an entire twenty year relationship, to parents that had to a male and female parent who had never divorced, no disruptions in the family. And what they found was on twenty-five out of the forty indices that they were looking at, there was a difference. So there they found that there were big differences. But the problem is that this data set that I've been was talking about and was, was focusing so much on for the last ten minutes, right? Really it doesn't, it doesn't match up
1: because he's he's comparing intact families, and you don't even know what happened in those families—whether they're happy marriages, good good place to live—or compared to anything, any kind of lesbian parent.
2: Yeah. So you've got. <clears throat> You know, one, you know, so it's, it, it's it's not equatable necessarily. Yeah. Right. So what he's really doing is he's asking the wrong question. Do it's not does anybody who's been in a same-sex relationship whatsoever affect parenting? It's, what disruptions affect parent, uh, the results of a child's life? Disruptions of a divorce because. Yeah, you know, right. people fell but, in but love that, but that this... wasn't
1: but that wasn't the that wasn't the study exactly <clears throat> the study was supposed to find out is there a difference between uh same sex and uh heterosexual right, right. that was that was the whole point but he couldn't get the data so obviously he's stretching <laughs> exactly
2: so there were 40 indices that They talked about, and 25 of them, the lesbian mothers, were different on. Okay. They couldn't even measure gay gay fathers because they didn't have enough of them to actually measure. But what they were looking at with these 40 um, things, whatever, was things like currently cohabitating, voted in the last presidential election, (laughs) currently or recently in therapy, identifies entirely as heterosexual... In a same-sex rela- uh, relationship, these are all things that aren't necessarily bad. They're just different.
1: Right. So, like uh, being in the th- in therapy. Yes. Uh. So uh, let me let me guess that the lesbians were more likely to be in therapy. Uh,
3: point one nine versus point zero eight.
2: Yes. So it was statistically significant, but not a huge amount. Yeah. But. You don't, there was, the problem with, with especially the therapy one and another one later down on the list was ever forced to have sex against your will. Hmm. It has nothing, to, there's no indication if that has any relation to the same sex parenting issue. You may have had therapy because you were a good patriotic American and you joined the army and you came back with PTSD. That had nothing to do whether or not you had a homosexual parent or not.
3: Mm-hmm. What I what I found strange in 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 reading all of the kind of looking over the because I can't really say that I, I read as as deeply as you did, was like here the ever ever forced to have sex against their will, the bio family has a point zero eight percentage. Yeah, the lesbians are a point three one. Statistically, a big difference. Yeah,
1: yes. it is. But if you consider that uh, women are more likely to be raped. Okay. But, the, well, but no, it was
2: the children.
1: Oh, no, the, no, the, the children the had yes. that problem. The, the children
2: responded it. saying that they had been forced to have sex against their will or had been touched by an adult. That was a separate one that was also statistically okay. significant. All right, now, sorry.
3: here's the thing, though. Go further across the scale. Point two, three reported adopted by strangers. So somebody like me, who was adopted by essentially strangers, you know, I that and was, I had a great growing up. I mean, my parents were were, were fabulous. Yeah, there was a, a, another wonderful.
2: category of family that they right. differentiated from intact biological families to say to really they really parsed out what categories of heterosexual families they were allowed to talk about. Right. Intact, to-
3: adopted, divorced, late, step family, single parent, all other, and then you also have the gay and, gay right. father and lesbian yeah, because
1: mother. One thing that could skew is, is you hear every once in a while about these uh, families that adopt all kinds of kids, and, you know, they keep in cages, or, <laughs> you know, they, they, there's all these horrible uh, adoption adoptive families. Right. it and we know about them, and they're not divorced, so can't we just throw those into the mix for the for the happy happily married couples? You, you, you know what would I'm saying? Think so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh,
2: uh, yeah. Just... Uh, it, the the main point I was talking about, and, and Donna really backed that up, is. They're, they're not – all these indices that they're talking about aren't necessarily bad things. It well, shows a lot of his preconceived notions about, well, if you identify as entirely heterosexual, that's a good thing. Yeah, which has a conservative view, of course.
3: Right. My, my personal favorite in that one is where he starts going in about frequency of drug use. He's all like marijuana, alcohol, drinking to get drunk, smoking, been arrested <laughs> – Pled guilty to a non-minor offense. Number of sex partners, you know, for women, for women, women, for men, men, for women, men, for men, and it includes frequency of watching television.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: I. Have... was the one that I went. Which of these things is not like? And the that other?
1: and that's that's grouped in into
2: this. Yeah, those, statistic? That's, that's one of the forty categories. Did oh. you watch a lot of TV? Oh, that's kind of interesting. I mean. Kind of an interesting statistic. It has it's,
1: nothing to do whether you have lesbian yeah, parents or not. I would that's imagine. that's
2: the problem with how, if you look at this study from a bird's eye view and say, "Well, they were different on twenty-five out of forty value statements."
1: Yeah, but does he say? But the, I mean, did, does it come across as different being bad? Yes. In this report.
2: Okay. Especially, like I said, in a bird's eye view, where they just say they were different. This yeah. this really turns on its heads the whole idea that same-sex parents are just as good as heterosexual parents. That's how a lot of, well, especially conservative sides, Yeah. but that's how the conservative sides um, like the Family Research the Council, family research yeah. Council the, what is it, the National Marriage Project. Yeah. Anything with marriage who, or family in their yeah, name. These are people who have commented on these this study to say, well, this just goes to show you how much we need heterosexual marriage. <laughs> No, it doesn't. It goes to show you how much we need homosexual marriage because we need stability in kids' lives. Yeah. We need the support structure that, unfortunately, as far as my personal opinion is concerned, that marriage brings people in this day and age. They get tax breaks. They can visit people without problems. They can share insurance without problems. There's um, there's a safety of knowing that inheritance is not going to be a problem, all these other kind of stability factors that factor into marriage as a thing could be very important. And, and that's, why, that's why kind of this, this study that seems to pre- profess that homosexual parents and same-sex and – this study that seems to profess that same-sex parents and opposite-sex parents are different and therefore one is bad and one is good – just shows that we need to make sure that there's stability in kids' lives less divorce. you need to p- make sure people have have got their ducks in a row before they have kids, right but not that homosexual parents are bad
1: right but the the way you, you just said that <clears throat> excuse me that uh, kids need st- stability in their lives, which they do, but that you know that almost leads to make divorce harder.
2: I, I I think marriage should be harder. You, you should have to hi, jump through a lot more hoops Before in order you get. to get married, because it's... It, oh, I don't, I don't agree well, with that. Well, I mean, okay, that was kind of talking off off the hip. Off the cuff, yeah. Yeah, off the hip. What the hell am I talking Shooting off the hip. Shooting from the hip. I'm shooting <laughs> off my hips! Bang, bang! Wow, that was kind of disturbing.
3: Primate sexy time.
2: yes. <laughs>
1: yeah because i i don't think that getting married well i have a odd view of marriage anyway i no, mean it's a I, social contract saying to everybody else that this is my this is my partner and but it allows you to to group your resources in in, in an effective and efficient way
2: yeah i i think my my opinion is that the reason why we need to make sure that same sex parents can get married is so they know that they can have that contract of stability right. exactly. that they don't have to worry about that that they can have that that agreement before their community to say we're going to stick together for now right and there, there are people- plenty of people including people on this podcast who have been in long-term relationships without marriage that have been stable and positive that would be one
1: person in this podcast.
2: <laughs> no, I, I was in a oh, seven-year relationship with someone who I was just engaged to, yeah. and we lived together, we made decisions together, and things fell apart, but it was a stable relationship for me, yes, her, yeah. and her son, where we could, you know, we, we were a stable family, we were a stable mm-hmm. influence for the child. A nuclear family? Yes. What this study really talks about is the need for looking at all the other factors that affect children, of instability in their lives, socioeconomic factors that affect how how kids develop. Because a lot of things like graduation from high school, which they talk about as a factor, is is almost more of how much money does your household have as opposed to... Whether you're gay or not, which may be, which may have been a problem in the study because when you get divorced and you lose everything because you were trying to pretend to be straight and you disrupted the hell out of your family by the charade that caused disruption and that was economic disruption, which meant the kid had problem graduating from high school. I think I've gone on long enough about this study. Yeah,
3: <laughs> we, what, it, what it boils down to <clears throat> is, is that when you do a sociology experiment, don't go into it with a preconceived notion of how you think it's going to be.
2: It's really hard to do. And I think he kind of tried to be at, at least pay lip service to be being even handed. But there's a lot of problems when you read into the study. And as I said, that article on BoxTurtleBulletin.com that we'll put in the show notes, is a good read to kind of go into more of the meat and potatoes of what the problem with the study was. And and like I said early, at the very beginning, I was worried that I was going to be hate this article of Regenerasis because it criticized gay marriage. And I think it's fair to say that it's a bad article because of the science is bad and the statistics are bad. Not just because I disagree with it, but I could be wrong, and I got to worry about my own preconceived notions.
0: Correct.
1: That's
2: good advice. Speaking of conception,
3: <laughs> yes, actually, there's a new study out of the Philippines um, that is focusing on telomeres. Now, telomeres are the little ends of your chromosomes, and
2: that are partnered with pendulet.
3: No, Ah! <laughs> That's teller, not telomeres.
2: Oh, Telomeres
3: are, think of it, think, if you think of your chromosomes as sort of a, like a, almost like a shoelace, it's the little plastic cappy thing.
2: I am a mutant. My my DNA is actually shoelaces.
3: Oh, okay. (laughs) And these telomeres, basically, as, as you grow older, they shorten. But apparently in sperm, they don't. So the older, um, the telomeres, basically what happens is with the, oh God, now I'm doing Welcome that. to my nightmare. <laughs> um, so in the sperm, they don't lengthen or they don't shorten. In fact, they actually lengthen as the father grows older.
2: That's what she said. Yes, it is. I'm done and, with my article. I can be silly now.
3: <laughs> and um, what they did is they looked at not only the DNA from children whose fathers were older, but whose grandparents were older when they had the parents. Right. So it's a transgenerational study. Several
2: generations of, of, of old men <laughs> waiting longer to have children. Have children. children.
3: And basically what they're saying is is that because those telomeres are longer and they're therefore they're, they're passed on to the children, telomeres actually help with um, cell division, um, slowing the aging process. There's a bunch of things that they believe telomeres are responsible for. I believe
2: there's also a reduction in mutations because mm-hmm. it means that the DNA doesn't kind of get all yeah, they, unspiraled they, and tangled. Yeah, they
1: kind of help repair the DNA as, right. as well. Fix it um, all good.
3: It also directs the body's energy into maintaining itself, having children when you're older, even from the male side. I mean, we always hear the joke of, well, you know, Charlie Chapman was 75 when he had children. Yeah, but he was too old to pick them up. (laughs) or They were both in diapers at the same time.
0: Right. There's there's a
3: rise in miscarriage. There's a rise in autism. Um, Some suspect that lower intelligence, all of this jazz, um...
2: What are you saying? My dad had me when I was 45. Then Then me stupid?
3: Maybe. But we're not going to tell you that here.
2: We're I going to explains. talk about it
3: behind your back.
2: Okay, I'll turn around.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll just put it on the podcast later.
3: <laughs> um, so, I mean, the, but once again, though, it's a really small study. Um, the study looked at 2,023 children in The Philippines, Hmm. so it's kind of a it's a small area of study. It's a small amount to study. Um, There, I mean, and there is there could be sociological or anthropological reasons why these parents were waiting. Maybe they were taking care of their elderly parents, sort of thing. You know, there's
2: could be people who wait longer have a more stable economic right. Picture at the outset, so their kids have a more stable economic outset, so they live longer. Or less.
1: (laughs) I want to have kids
2: because it's unstable. So they wait until they are stable, and then they have the kids. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, Try to keep up, Gary. Me stupid.
3: Some of the the, um, criticisms of this study have said that there are very few studies that telomere length to health in later life have studied the impact, of any, of paternal age. It is completely unclear whether telomere length at conception or birth or rate of telomere loss with age is important for the age-related morbidity and mortality risk in humans. Basically, we're not sure if it really affects it. Um, and we're still but, not sure. Right.
2: The it's authors, just one study. <laughs> right.
3: The authors also didn't examine the health status of the first-generation offspring. So they're not looking at... The grandparents, they're only mm-hmm. looking at the kids and the parents. They're not necessarily looking far enough back in the lineage, and you know the advantage of receiving long telomeres might not be worth it, considering you know the risk of autism, risk of miscarriage, the risk of lower intelligence. There's a host of other things. Yeah. So it's. Yay! <laughs>
1: and plus, long, long telomeres are, are uh, difficult and expensive to send.
2: You know?
0: Beep, 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 beep,
2: beep. <laughs> oh, I see. Not... My only hypothesis <laughs> is that maybe it's long telomeres that cause you to have children later in life. Because this is just a correlation. We can't tell which way it goes.
3: Right. Like I said, mm. it sounds really interesting. And it sounds like it, I mean, it, it could be at this avenue to look at. But But there's got to be a lot more in-depth study into this than 2000
1: kids.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it's, it's an interesting little study. I just, I don't think that it's, you know, it's really, it's, it's going to take a lot more to, to, you know, convince me that, you know, yes, having children later in life will, Increase the longevity over generations. I don't know know what
2: you're talking about, Donna. You sound completely convinced. Yeah, bite me. That was my sarcasm voice. Ah, my sarcometer kind of went,
1: twitched a little. (laughs) Sarconoma? (laughs)
2: Sarcovagus. Sarcasmagus. Wow,
3: that that sounds like something for
2: primate sexy time. It does. I thought it sounded more like a cancer. Could be. Like a skin cancer thing.
1: Yeah. Let's just do this one real quick. Uh, CBS. The ABC. ABC.
2: <laughs>
1: NBC. One, two, Fox. three. Easy as A B. Okay. Um, ABC had an investigative report. Dun, duh. Yeah, I think that's actually how the music goes.
2: It's just <laughs> some guy going da da da. Our investigative report they've really gone downhill at ABC News. <laughs> it's just some guy in the corner dun 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 dun. <laughs> do <Ba-da-ba. All> right. <laughs> <It's... laughs> I just picture a little Hans Mulman looking kind of guy. <laughs>
0: um.
1: So, ABC did an investigative report about spray tan. They, they finally uh, went through and were, apparently were reading some, some research reports about, from 1999 about this chemical that they use in spray tan called dihydro, no, dihydroxyacetone.
2: All right. Dihydroxyacetone. Di- Dihydroxyacetone. Dihydroxyacetone. Yes. Di- hydroxy- Dihydroxyacetone. Dihydroxyacetone. Okay.
1: Yes. And now you've said it three times, it's going to come and kill you later. Yay! <laughs> um, and uh, the, the spray tan places have been going around saying, oh, it's perfectly safe. 100% safe. You can inhale it. You can drink it. Blah, blah, blah. You can do all that these things.
2: That kind of sounds like your sarcasm voice.
1: Well, no, this is what uh, spray tan places were, were saying. Turns out that the FDA did approve uh, DHA, and there's actually two DHAs, but this particular type of DHA, for external use only. They knew that it might have problems if you get it in your eyes or your nose or your, or your mucous membranes or anywhere else. But at that time, uh, it wasn't used for spray tanning. Mm-hmm. It was used for all kinds of other things, and someone found out that it'll it'll bronze your skin. Yes.
2: Uh, so it wasn't even just like a lotion that you would rub on topical was, kind of it stuff. Was, it was a
1: lotion. Yeah. Okay. You could use it as a, as a lotion kind of thing.
2: But it wasn't the, it wasn't sprayed yet.
1: No, it wasn't. Okay. Right.
2: So ABC did
1: did some research on it, and this hasn't really been studied. DHA hasn't been studied the effects on human because it was approved. For external use. Well, 1999 and then in 2004, there have been some studies on how this particular chemical reacts with cells. 1999, they didn't use any human cells, but they used mice and some other things. And in 2004, they actually used some, some human uh, cell cultures. Okay. And it turns out that this chemical can cause some pretty severe damage to cells. Uh, now in 1999, the FDA still said that everything was fine because uh, the spray tan, which is that's when it's kind of started coming out. The spray tan started coming out. Uh, only goes on, you know, the upper upper dermis layer, the right. epidermis. So it, it doesn't get down to. It's mainly sort of dying in dead cells on the outside. And then it you doesn't get soak cells. in. Right. Turns out that's not quite right. It does soak in. It does soak in, and it soaks in far more than what they thought it was. Down to your liver. Uh, not quite that far but several layers of skin but the uh, this 2004 study that that I read up on that did the human cell testing shows that a 24 hour exposure uh, to DHA can pretty much wipe out the cells it causes a DNA damage which uh, and so it doesn't. Um, it doesn't. The cells don't reproduce properly. In fact, they shut down trying to rep- fix themselves, and then they can't fix themselves, and so they die. Uh, and they said uh, three-hour exposure causes this to happen, but they kind of shut down, and then they get back to work. And 24 hours later, or three days later, they're back to normal. So the implication is that if you put this on your skin and it lasts for seven to ten days, you're really harming your your the the skin Uh, now the the problem is that if you see this happening on on cells on the outside well what's going on on the inside inside. because these people are saying you can go ahead and inhale this stuff and you go into the spray chamber right or whatever and there's no way you can not inhale
2: they, yeah, and they just give you those tiny little goggle things, and you just think of that. And Simpsons even then, quote, they tell you that it's, it'll be perfectly fine. Right, yeah. the goggles—they right. do nothing.
1: It's right. Yeah, you, know, you come out with the, with the rings around your eyes, you know, looking and like the a thing across
2: the bridge of your nose. So what
1: they're they're starting to worry about now is that this that spray tanning uh, can start may cause cancer, not not necessarily skin cancer, because you're constantly slowing off off. Skin, But if you're always tanned, you're always getting spray tanned, you know, um, like I guess the Kardashians do or any of these the big movie stars or whatever. Jersey Shore. I was Star, thinking yeah. the
3: Jersey Shore orange people.
1: The, 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 or, the, the, the Oompa Loompas. The Oompa Loompas. The giant Oompa Loompas. Um, <laughs> the Oompa Loompas suffering from giantism. <laughs> uh, <laughs> although far, far less intelligent. That after a while, all of this is going to start building up and they're going to have some very severe problems. And and if you're inhaling it, you really don't know what's going to happen because you're directly exposed uh, and then it can very easily get into the bloodstream and system, which can
2: cause problems elsewhere in the body. Now, you know, the breathing it in, there's kind of barriers in between There's a lot of it, barriers. It takes a lot to really get in and soak in a lot, but yeah. if you're always getting spray tanned. Right. So we're we're talking we're talking over a, yeah. a long period. Of it's time. like the danger of mercury in fish where one fish is not a problem because it has a little bit of mercury your body can process that. Right. But if you eat contaminated fish every single day, you're right. going to have a problem.
1: Right. Eventually yeah. 10, 15 years down the way. So that was the the whole the whole purpose of of this report. And or, uh, of this uh, investigative report, uh, and and it's 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 new. You know, they didn't know, they didn't right. realize, they didn't realize the problems that DHA could cause because it was only supposed to be used on the outside, right? And they didn't think that it was really causing any problems. Now, what I thought was rather interesting about this is the way it works is it causes a chemical reaction. Uh, between the DHA and uh, the Nolan Nolan. the sugars in in your skin, it and it works the exact same way that when you barbecue meat, how the meat goes from red to brown, <laughs> it's the same process. Only that's caused by heat, and this is caused by a chemical reaction.
2: <laughs> how freaky is that? So pray, spray tan people are essentially barbecuing themselves. Yeah, well, yeah, chemically, yes, that's that's
1: effectively what's going on. So this reaction of the browning of the skin is uh, as a staining known as a Miard reaction, named by the guy who discovered the, the chemical process. And basically, it's um, as a general rule, any molecule containing free uh, uh, free proteins, nucleic acids, or low molecular weight. A means they can be targeted for the reducing sugar and initiate the the reaction hmm. is basically what that means is what they're talking about. So effectively, this this thing is called a Miard reaction, and there's some some pretty cool YouTube videos that you can go out just Google it, and and there's some some interesting stuff about cooking. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> so what you're saying though is basically that spray tanning is just as bad as regular tanning. So essentially, it's much like the tanning booth, you're paying for cancer.
1: Yeah, that is really what, what this is all about, yeah. Uh, you can do it once in a while,
2: but generally speaking, you
1: might want to yeah. stay so away from
2: you're, it. if you're, you know...
3: Spray tan for the special day.
2: If you're going on Johnny Carson, you get the spray tan, you look good on TV, but then you don't do it for another couple years. Yeah. Or yeah. You, should, you should be all
1: right. But like anything,
2: you know, you never know about that one time that you do it. Yeah, you know.
1: So just be aware that spray tanning so the isn't the three safe. Of
3: us with our healthy milky white skin. <laughs> <laughs> a little tan.
2: Well, I have slightly olive. skin. I trade. consider myself pasty.
3: I I prefer the term alabaster. Okay,
1: I'll go with olive.
2: Haha!
0: <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: ha!
2: So I say to you, don't. Probably not a good idea to have a spray tan but <laughs> all the time probably a good idea to do the lightning round yes, yes. because getting struck
1: by lightning can possibly cause a AR defect across your entire body yeah that would suck pretty much but you might be tasty
3: but if you participate <laughs> in our lightning round you might learn something
1: true we can hope although if you get struck by lightning you may find out you may learn that you hate getting struck by lightning
3: I was going to say, you may learn that standing up on a hill with a golf club pointed <laughs> in the sky is not
1: always a good thing. Probably not good. All right, well, so, <coughs> lightning round. Lightning, lightning round. round! Lightning <laughs> round! Lightning round! All right, so the lightning round. Uh, lightning Greg,
2: round. why don't you tell us what we're doing this week? We're doing something a little bit different. Yes. In the, in the past, we've basically given ourselves a couple minutes here or there to talk about random topics that we couldn't get to in the longer discussion format. But um, I wanted to try something a little different this week. It's going to be more of a quiz format where you're going to have 90 seconds to answer as many questions, fill in the blank questions about the various topics that we've posted to our Facebook page this week. And um, hopefully you can get as many as you can. Whoever, between the two of you, Gary and Donna, gets the most, gets to be queen of the podcast. Okay. Are, do you want to join in? Um, yeah, I guess I should. I, I mean, I wrote up all the questions, so I'm probably oh. familiar with them. Yeah, well, screw you. So you do need to play. We can quiz me, but it won't count. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, we can see how many you remember. Yeah, there we go. All right,
1: well, who's going first?
2: I think we're going to start with Donna.
1: All right. So put 90 seconds up on the clock. I, well, yep, I got it. As soon as you finish the question, the timer starts.
2: Yes, exactly. Ready, Donna?
3: Ready as I'll ever be. Okay, hold on. Okay,
2: you can edit that out. Ready, Donna? Ready. Ready, Ready? Donna? All right, we're going. (laughs) (laughs) Scientists have found that blank can live in the human body at least 17 days after death. Uh, Stem cells. Yes. Go ahead. (laughs) Pasteur Institute researchers produced a model of genetically modified mosquito that was enabled to transmit blank through their bites.
3: Was not able to transmit malaria.
2: Correct. Don't look at me. Under the Arctic ice sheets, researchers discovered the largest blank ever found. Squid. Bloom of phytoplankton. So no. Uh, A study of around 2,000 United Kingdom men has found that lifestyle choices, smoking, alcohol, drug use, weight, have little effect on their blank. (laughs) Their sex life. I'm going to say no. Count of swimming sperm produced. A New York Times investigation has found that blank often af- actually work different mechanisms than they are labeled or how people believe they actually work. Read that again. A New York Times investigation has found that blank often actually work different by different mechanisms than they actually are labeled or how people think they work. No idea. Morning After Pills. An Australian scientist has finally had success infecting mosquitoes with the Wolbachia virus, reducing the transmission of blank. Malaria. Dengue fever. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, The UK's Nutfield Council on Bioethics has decided that blank procedure is ethical. Nothing. Three-person IVF. Ooh! Oh, it beeps too. I two. Hey, hey. It looks
1: yeah. like do I we, looks like we don't need the dinger. <laughs> we've got, a, we've, well, got a, can, we've got claxon. We can ding
2: for correct answers.
3: Oh, I, get two. I got two. I sucked.
2: Two correct bad. and like. five wrong. So I guess we get about seven questions, in. so I guess I All printed right. out entirely too many questions. All right, and I guess you don't have to. I can just press start. Oh, okay. If you right. trust me,
3: I trust you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Alright, let's
3: get I that. was keeping track.
2: Yep. I hit right. X's and O's. Alright. Alright, so now it's Gary's turn. Are you ready, Gary? Yep. Ninety seconds on the clock. The clock will begin when you I finish the first question. Yep. Researchers Researchers studying captive gorillas playing have found that they have a non vocal version of blank. Laughter. Baby talk. Incorrect. A San Antonio family of Pauline Diaz has turned to blank to aid in their search for the missing woman. Psychic. Yes, Psychic Gareth Pendragon. That's correct. Uh, Holman Bible publishers will no longer be allowed to use blank on their Bibles. Disclaimers. The official U.S. arms branch emblem, so no. Oh. Uh, Beverly Stressman's study of the Dogon people in Mali attribute their high paternity success to blank. Menstrual cuts. Yes. Yay! A new study in the Journal of Personality and Psychology suggests that smarter people are more more vulnerable to blank. Uh, alcoholism or depression? No. Errors due to mental shortcuts. Oh, uh, a new yeah. study suggests that men and women are 14% more likely to blank on their birthday. Die. Correct. Two. Uh, uh, June 12th was the 45th anniversary of blank. <laughs> um, uh, the Smurfs mitosis. No, the Loving v. Virginia Supreme Court decision. Oh. Um, a study of the proceedings of Natural Academy of Scientists suggests men who have children later in life have children who blank.
1: They have children who are later in life. Live longer. <laughs> Incorrect. We just talked about that 10 minutes
2: ago. Damn it.
3: <laughs> I think you beat me.
2: No, he, I got two. No, I,
3: you, <laughs> no you, I think you got three. I
2: think you had three correct there. Did okay. Yep. I'll go back and count. Yay!
3: So Gary's queen of the podcast. <laughs> yes,
2: he is. And I'm so beautiful. Up to you guys if you want to quiz me or not.
1: Yeah, what the hell. All right. Donna quizzes ass. All right. So, same same thing, Greg. We'll see how much you remember. Yeah. Yep.
3: Okay. Researchers at the Max Planck Institute have created models to show that the supermassive black holes limited the growth of blank in the early universe.
2: Intermediate sized black holes. Correct. Ding.
3: An Australian oh. coroner, coroner testified this week that Lindy Chamberlain Creighton's daughter was, in fact,
2: uh, attacked by a dingo.
3: Dingos ate mile by, dingos,
2: By dingoes, not attacked.
3: A swirl of spiral light. USFO seen over the several mid-eastern countries turned out to be?
2: A Russian missile. Why the fuck is he all the easy ones? <laughs> They're easy because I created the list. In a 100
3: or 183 to 50 vote, the people of Middleborough, Massachusetts will impose a $20 fine for?
2: Public profanity. <sighs> I fucking it! it.
3: <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs>
2: I know all these.
3: <laughs> Jesus, so do I. Prosperity gospel preacher. Grapholo dollar. <laughs> okay, what's the answer?
2: I don't know.
3: Researchers found that reward centers in the brain of sleep provide people were activating more when people saw pictures of?
2: Junk food. Unhealthy food.
3: Jesus. fucking! Tell me that dinger's going to go off soon a new study Perfect. presented by the associated professionals sleep study meeting has found that about 50% of sleep problems could be attributed to
2: fear of the dark
0: I
3: a the new one. analysis of patients by us neurosurgeons has provided more evidence that chiropractic manipulation can lead to stroke he did not miss one
2: i created the list it's is obviously true. biased it's no, not- you just got all the fucking easy ones. You went through <laughs> and sorted these. No, I. You, Gary saw me mixing them up for 10 minutes before we started the lightning round. No,
3: I, I, I think it was
2: all an elaborate ploy. <laughs> Gary is queen of the podcast because he didn't make the list and he had slightly more correct than you did, Donna.
3: I don't care about that. I care about the fact that you didn't actually miss any of them.
1: Yeah, it's rather annoying. Because
3: all of the questions that I was like going, okay, I know that one. I look at it and be like, fuck, I know all of these. <laughs> Why couldn't I get Crufflow Dollar?
2: So you're saying you don't want to do it this way again.
3: No, I had fun. I'm just going to give you shit.
2: It would just be easier if someone else was giving the quiz, and we could all participate. But there's only three of us here, and I don't think the dogs can talk yet.
1: No, as much as I try. <laughs> they refuse to speak English. Or, actually, any human language that's recognizable, as far as I can tell.
2: <laughs> yeah, I could have sworn they were just talking French earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: you give us this food this time, this week. Why do you give us this food? We do not like this food. You are no Life common. is not worth living I'll just go have some cheese and fart on you <laughs> I Smoke my cigarette, have my wine And poop on your floor And the poop will look like a croissant <laughs> Yeah, they weren't saying that at all No, no Because, again, they cannot speak human They were speaking Russian I uh-huh. hope oh, that's still French
0: <laughs> Never Okay. Well.
2: I was speaking Russian the other day. Well, I could pick a random topic out of the jar and we could just talk about that for another couple minutes. Sure. Okay. Dr. Andrew Newberg measured changes in subjects' blood flow in their blanks while praying, meditating, or speaking in tongues. Penises. <laughs> I was
1: going to say penis. In their frontal lobes. In the butt out of which they were speaking.
2: He was studying to see the effects of religion on people.
1: Speaking of uh, 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 blood pressure, uh, there was a really cool Google Labs video about using uh, time domain uh, effects to show different movement in videos. And you can do this on any video you have. And what they do is they... They, they filter it so it's uh, – whatever time it is, they can show a little bit ahead of that and a little bit behind it and, and show that with, with a really cool filter. And so you can see like a baby breathing even though just the still shot, you can't see it breathing. Um, you can see they have a picture of a guy holding his wrist out and you can see the vein pulse. Which you can't in a normal video, but once they start doing the, the time shifting,
2: so, it does it shift like just the frames per second? Just
1: yeah, just just one or two frames, and then it kind of filters. There's a, an obvious filter on it, but you can see it happen. And they can sit. They show this guy just standing there, just staring at the at the video, and then you can see his pulse through his his face
2: uh, reddening. Oh wow, <laughs> weird! Yeah. So it's it's kind of like that DVD technology where they were able to compress things because anything any, anything in the scene that doesn't change they just leave it as is and uh-huh. they only encode information on what does change. Yeah, something so like kind of similar to that idea. Very similar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it's uh, yeah we'll we'll put we'll put a link to that because it's a really cool video. As if high speed photography wasn't cool enough. Yeah. Now, Something that looks like it's in real time, you get to see things you could never see in real yeah,
1: time. Yeah, and I mean, when one of them, the, the the first one they show is a, a video of people on a train, and then they just enhance it, and they, they you can see the shadows moving, but it's not just the shadows; they actually change the pixelization of the channels. That you can see as as they go by lights and stuff, <laughs> which you don't really notice in the video. As much as you do after they enhance it, that's it's pretty damn cool. A little bit freaky, I think. I would agree. But there you go. Blood pressure. Very cool. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I got. Nothing. I hope
1: I didn't mischaracterize uh, all of that. If I did, I'll just go back and re-record it. And without you guys, <laughs>
2: eh, well, that's okay because we never say anything interesting anyway.
1: No, not this week. <laughs> Other weeks, yeah. Other weeks, you're all over it. This week, we're just kind of... Uh.
2: Don't tell them. Who? The listeners. They can never tell.
1: Oh, the listeners. The listener. Eh, we have at least one. I mean, I'm not downloading that many podcasts. <laughs> well, besides us and our immediate families. My family doesn't listen to it at all. Yeah, Well,
3: neither does mine.
2: Well, family in a loose term, meaning... Extended our, friends? Yes. Okay. People who we would trust to help us move a body, say.
1: Actually, I don't think any of my friends listen to the podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, usually my friends get to the Christmas episode because I tell them that's the one to really start out with. And they go, yeah, no, this is not for us. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I remember my mom listened to our first podcast and granted early on we were still learning what to do. Yeah. She was like, "Well, it's it's just a few people talk sitting around talking." I was like, yeah, that's that's what a podcast that's, is. And that's difference <laughs> from the news how. What were you expecting, mom? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess people have different expectations of what makes a podcast and hopefully we appeal to I a think few. people like to be entertained. Oh fuck. We're in trouble. This week,
1: I think we're pretty.
3: Prim- <laughs> yeah, this week we're pretty fucked. Let's just let's just put it out there. Let's apologize to the listeners. We're sorry. We, uh,
2: we tried. We'll it was a
1: bad week.
2: Try <laughs> to give you more primate sexy time next week.
1: Yeah, yeah we didn't talk about pi- primate or penguin for that matter.
3: Mm. Poor yeah.
1: Richard. Well,
2: that, was the that the one that posted about he has an elmenach, you know. That what? was one of the questions in here that... Was
3: Penguin Sexy Tom?
2: Yeah, that that basically the, the what is it, the Scott expedition to the Arctic? Yeah,
3: got all upset because penguins were getting it on?
2: It, it wasn't just their expedition, it was just the entire Victorian era ethos of, well, this kind of... It was like penguins were having sex with other dead penguins, and they're like, <laughs> you know what? That's a little too salacious for our journals, so we're not going to publish all these notes. Oh. Well, uh, I'm
1: kind of glad I didn't go back there and try and put pants on them. <laughs> pants on penguins? Yes.
2: They're already wearing tuxedos. Where have you been? They
1: don't have pants, though. How do you think they're having all that sex?
2: Yeah, that's right. Zippers.
1: They don't. They can't open zippers.
2: Why the hell not? Little... They use the little beaks yeah. to go... Oh yeah, penguin? I guess I could. They yeah. can reach down that far. You and I may not be able to, but they can.
1: Yeah, they do have those um, bifurcated necks or whatever it is. Bifurcated.
2: Yeah, I'm just bifurcated. <laughs> just throwing out words. If a if a penguin has a bifurcated neck, it's dead.
3: <laughs> that word does not mean what I think you think it, it means. No, it doesn't.
1: <laughs> no,
2: that's not the word I was looking for. <laughs> I think at this point the word you're looking for is goodnight everybody, we'll see you next week (laughs) (laughs) goodnight had any formal education having done a lot of traveling abroad yeah. so he was he,
1: born too soon he,
2: sure <laughs> because
1: yeah, if, if he would have been born close to uh say in the f- 60s or 70s he would have been right at the start of like you know rap and hip-hop and then <laughs> he'd be able to do the
2: oh wicka 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 wow that was a long way to go for a really bad joke <laughs> Wow, it was. Yeah, I'm just it's very bad. I'm just
3: leaving it alone.
2: <laughs> okay, you can cut everything else out. Yep. A wicken. wicka, 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 wicken.
0: wicka, wacko. Someone else talked.